Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, friends, and welcome to Hat Jam, the original music podcast where each week we challenge a musician to write a song from scratch by playing the musical game of chance, Hat Jam. For those who are joining us for the first time, Hat Jam is a game where we ask musicians to put two names into a hat, which is filled to the brim with many other names. We then ask our musician to draw two names from that hat, one name to inspire our chorus and one name to inspire our verse. If anyone panics at any stage, we also have a wildcard deck, which is designed to throw a spanner into the works of our songs. I'm your host, Cav Templey, from Eskimo Joe and other such places, and I will be joined by Studio Cat, who will be fact-checking and pressing pause. This week, we have travelled all the way to Laurel Canyon in Los Angeles to the home and jam room of Mr. Ben Lee. Ben is a prolific artist who has put out many, many records. He's just put out a brand new record with Radner and Lee called Outside In, and his record Awake is the New Sleep turns 15 this year. A word of warning, though, before we continue, Ben will offer me magic mushrooms in the first 10 minutes of this podcast, something that I wouldn't normally do, but in the sake of creative experimentation, I chose to follow Ben on this journey. I know that magic mushrooms can damage your brain, so I'm not condoning the use of drugs to anyone. But if you're offended by drug use or by Ben Lee, then I recommend turning off now. For everyone else, on with the show. This is Hat Jam. Hello, Ben. Hello there. Welcome. Welcome to your jam room. Yeah, welcome to our house. Yeah. Thank, you for, <laughs> thank you for having us into your space. It's very, very cool. You've got drum kits set up here. There's like a, there's a junk um, kind of kit set up. There's many guitars and, and lots of, you know, records. There's a picture of Tom Waits, who I love. Um, there's, there's, I feel like looking on the walls here, if, if anyone was, was looking as well as listening, they could actually see a kind of a roadmap of your life so far. Um, how long have you been living in this jam room and, and writing? Yeah, well, I, I, this is, um, I only already lived in this house with my wife and then we, um, I moved in probably like 13 years ago and, um, but pretty much before my daughter was born. So she's you know, 10 and a half or something. So around then we really like created a space where I could work. And so for the last yeah decade, I've made tons of records in here, had lots of amazing musicians. And basically the only reason I go out of this room to record is if I need to do several mics on drums or if mm. I want a lot of people playing at once. But for most mm. projects, I just kind of work on them in here and I feel very creative and I actually just spring cleaned <clears throat> Because I, I was apprehensive about having you guys in here, partly because it was like it was getting a bit dusty and I was feeling creatively stagnant. So yesterday I did a big – I literally took every guitar, everything off the bookshelf, dusted it down. I feel honoured. And it's, it's – it, I feel the energy is like open again in here. So I think I'm it's like yeah. a musical rent inspection. I was thinking more like a restaurant checking there's okay. no rats. Oh, yeah. And okay, nice. Okay. Okay. No, like, the hair, the hair yeah. nets yeah, on yeah, the music, cooks and music inspectors yeah. make sure the music is, yes. is you know, up to standards. So – Look, I'm just going to start talking about some of the stuff on the walls here because uh, there's lots of cool stuff. We have a – looks like a gold record here for Awake is the New Sleep, which is 15 years old this year. That's true. Um, you have made many, many records, prolific amounts of records if you go onto your Spotify account. Um, why do you think that Awake is the New Sleep resonated so much with people and was, you know, was such a big record for you? I mean, like, was – was there anything different you remember about the writing or recording process? Um, I'd have to say uh, I was thinking about this the other day because it was 15-year anniversary mm. the other day and um, I did – a lot of people reached out with very heartfelt comments and it's almost like as you get further away from some of these events, you can see them clearer. Yeah. Um, and I would say the, the, the central takeaway I have about why that record connected the way it did was – to do with um, whether you call it 
coincidence or zeitgeist that an experience I was going through happened to be an experience that a lot of people were going through at that time. And that was to do with um, sort of um, a new sense of possibility or a, a reprioritizing, a reshuffling of uh, my priorities occurring in my life and beginning to center my life more around things that had like a real like positive vibe to them. You know what I mean? Cause I think like, I look at it as like all experiences and all thoughts are open to us all the time and we can go down a lot of different roads. And that's part of what's fun about art that you can sort of be a tourist in a lot of different types of journeys, but sooner or later you have to curate your own journey and what it's going to represent and what sort of the, almost like the message of your life is going to be like, if you keep changing roads every two minutes, you end up with like a chaotic life. Whereas if you go, like you pick a partner and you, you marry them and you, you go, I have a career and I, you, there's still room for change and all that, but there's sort of a sense of like some form of commitment comes. And for me around that age, 23, like I was having this deeper sense of what I wanted to be committed to and that it should be something that makes people happy and that it should be something that like I feel is like a real contribution. And, and I think in that way, it was like sort of simple. Um, and it, it's, it's, it resonated with a lot of people. So Tom Robbins, uh, The Jitterbug Perfume is one of my favourite books, but can you tell us how you turned Beers for Beer into a musical? It was, he called it a children's book for grown-ups, a grown-up yeah. book for children. Yes, yes. Um, and honestly, like I knew... The, I hadn't read the book. I found the book and um, when I picked it up, I knew the world Tom inhabits. I, I knew what his value system is and I knew his other work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew the title, Beers for Beer, and I knew the premise and it ticked so many boxes for me of what I like about art. Um, and so I just read it in an afternoon and – one of the things I sometimes get people coming up to me saying, I just did a show the other night and people go like, you should make a record um, for children. And I always say, I'm not interested in making music for children. I'm interested in making music for the child in the grown up. That's what I want to do, you know, and Tom's similar. Mm. Like Tom doesn't want to make stuff for kids, but he wants to connect grown ups to that sense of wonder that's childlike. Yes. Um, so, you know, it's been this um, decade long process of turning this into a musical. And um, But you've got the music's up on Spotify. Yeah, music up on Spotify with all these great actors. And we're currently working with Starburns, who um, do Rick and Morty and did Anomalisa, yep. the Charlie Kaufman claymation, to turn it into a feature film. Great. Um, musical. Um, so, yeah. um, how much of the musical part of it was informed by anybody else? Did you just kind of get free reign to run for it, or did you? Was there a com- collaborative part of the musical? Well, there's no financiers or anything. Like, so this was just a project. I, I mean, I've never. I don't know if I set out a bad vibe, like or something, at the beginning of my career. But for whatever reason, I've never had none of my projects have happened with someone coming up to me going, "Hey, I'm going to pay you a lot of money to do something, <laughs> and you're beholden <laughs> to me." Well, it it happens to artists going on labels sure. where like I've never made demos for anyone. I've never, and I think part of it is like you know I remember reading about like Neil Young making um what was the feedback record Ark was that it Yes, yeah, yeah. and it's sort of like someone said you only have to make one of those records and everyone will leave you the fuck alone for the rest of your career. And it's really like that. Like I think I've done enough things that the industry hasn't known what to do with that they go, okay, let this guy do his thing and if we can sell it, we'll sell it. But but I don't give off the vibe of someone that's like asking for input because I'm not basically. So, so with this, it's just something I was doing and um, just working with Tom and um, working with my own kind of – I'd never written a musical. I'm not a huge student of musicals. Like I, I do love, there's like three or four musicals I really love. It took me a long time to come to a love of musicals. And I think having children who love musicals yeah, has yeah, brought yeah. me further. Yeah. I'm like, well, oh, I think I get this now. Yeah, yeah. after like the 10th time you have to listen yeah. to like the third version of Annie, yeah. you know, so you're like, okay, I'm in. Um, and before we jump into Hat Jam, uh, can you tell me, this is a question I ask all of the people who come on this uh, mind-bending show that you're on. Um when do the ideas come for you? Um, I, I, that would – I don't know if it's possible to answer that uh, because my – it's kind of like saying how does intuition work or how do dreams work? Like 
I, I sort of think it's not my business. My business is attention to them when they do come. So like if I have to, I could probably spend a lot of time analyzing the exact science of when ideas occur, but I'm so seduced and enslaved by them that I'd rather refine my process of like subservience to them. So I, I don't know, it feels different, but I am getting better about um, just uh, not, you know, not letting them go. Uh, but, you know, at another time, it's also like a very light touch. Like mm. I, I'm into like, I really think seduction is like an amazing uh science to understand for artists because the muse you know that's like a personification of the the feeling of inspiration it responds well to seduction as mm. opposed to neediness or desperation sure. um and if you have a slight light touch where you could always walk away um it, it tends to help it's almost like you're in a relationship where you start looking at each other as equals yes you're not like in codependent thing where one has all the power and the other doesn't you, you can't know? be you can't be desperate about the ideas because they're because yeah. just like i'm sorry you're just coming on too strong i'm, I'm out of here totally and you're yeah. also then if you're needy it's almost like you know you have friends who start dating yeah. and they're so want a boyfriend or girlfriend that they like don't they overlook red flags? Yeah. It's the same with creativity. Like not every idea is gold. And if you're so needy for it, you're going to confuse every idea with being the work of genius. And it's not. You have to be able to walk away and be patient, you know. So before we start, I was mm. thinking, do you want to eat like a tiny bit of mushrooms? I was thinking like a quarter of a dose okay. of mushrooms. So it's sure. really like, you know. So I'm now going to take a small dose of magic mushrooms while I attempt to write and record a song with Ben Lee and host a podcast. So let's see what happens. So okay. now we've had our not quite micro dose, but mm. quarter of a dose of yeah, mushrooms. Yeah. And we're about to venture into the world of hat jam. Are you ready, Ben Lee? I, I'm no, but let's do it. <laughs> so, um, we're going to get you to present two songs for okay. the hat and uh, we'll take it one song at a time. So okay. first song, what what song are you going to enter into the hat today? Um, well, I was thinking about this for a while. I mean, I can't believe how much work you're making me do for this. <laughs> like I, I've i literally been thinking about this for like three weeks. I go like, but the songs that kept coming to me, like mm. I wanted to be genuine, you know. Mm. like yeah. So what's what's the first song? So the first gonna... one, Going Out West, Tom Waits. Oh. I mean, what I love about his career is he got weirder and better mm. in his 40s and in his 50s. I, I reference him all the time yeah. as, as a place that you can go to, uh, you know, post your beautiful 20s. Yeah, you know? and, and marriage yeah. was what did it for him. I know, and that I find that so romantic. So Kathleen yeah. Brennan, yeah. for people who are listening who don't know the story, um, Tom Waits was kind of had this – this cool kind of jazz cat vibe in the 70s. Like a beat thing. Yeah, yeah. It was, and it, it was a character that he'd really created for himself. In the 80s, he uh, met his wife, Kathleen Brennan, moved to New York and started making the best albums Got of his sober. career. Got sober. Got yeah. sober. Um, and he met his wife uh, doing a movie called One from the Heart, which was a Francis Ford Coppola film. And she was the script editor on it. And so when those guys met, um, she was really great with the lyrics. And, and it, from Swordfish Trombone onwards, which is my kind of favourite era of Tom Waits, the, the lyrics just got cooler and weirder and they were about this world he started to cre create. He had already created this world, but it was like LA sleazy. It was a world buzz. we'd seen. Yes. Whereas the next world, and it's interesting because I remember when I, there was an interview where they said, how did your – how did your marriage change your writing? Mm. And he said, oh, that's simple. She had a cooler record collection yes, than me. Yeah. And she turned him on to Captain Beefheart and Sun Ra and this whole other world of like experimental music that he'd, he'd sort of was still in the 50s, 60s, like Kerouac, Bukowski mm. archetype of masculinity and stuff. You so know? She, she forced him to grow and break out of, yeah. of that thing. I find his relationship to his masculinity to be like, actually really healing because because mm. you know there's all this talk now of like toxic masculinity and these and a lot of um i think men struggle with what does it mean to be a man you know and when you hear tom waits you know in this song um going out west he, he's talking about driving out to california to be a movie star basically mm. but he's sort of like a character actor but he yeah, went yeah. and he says um you know 
and, and one of the lyrics is like, uh, the chorus is like, you know, um, I know karate, voodoo too. I got hair on my chest. I look good without my shirt. Yeah, yeah. I and, look good without yeah, my shirt. And, you know, he's like not uh, what you'd call like a stereotypically, um, you know, macho dude, but yeah. the, the the confidence in his genuine manhood is so cool. Um, and I think that's with like great rock stars like mm. Iggy Pop and yeah. Nick Cave. I like that. They're often like kind of somewhat effeminate but there's a machismo in their embrace of who machismo. they really are. Yeah, David I, Bowie too, you know. That's a, that's, that's a great word. Yeah. Um, so the second song. Yeah. Okay, that's going into the hat. We've. Uh, oh, by the way, we've. Uh, uh, ben has presented us with a hat today. It's a German. It's like a Bavarian folk hat. Yes, it's perfect. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll yeah, take nice. some pictures of the hat and okay, put it okay, on the okay. Instagram so you'll be able to see it. Uh, the second. Okay, the second song uh, I, I chose is the song that was um, playing – in this house, when I first walked in here and met the woman who I would marry 10 years before we went on a date, mm, I was 18, I was just out of um, high school and they were playing um, Bob Dylan's Desire and I only knew um, like Bring It All Back Home and, uh, you know, the, those Highway 61 Revisited and the folky kind of ones. Sure. I hadn't gone into like his 70s kind the of blood trip. Blood on the tracks. And those yeah, I hadn't, hadn't explored that yet. And Isis was playing and I, I remember – um, looking across the room and he was singing um, that uh, that lyric. I was thinking about turquoise. I was thinking about gold. I was thinking about diamonds and the world's biggest necklace. <laughs> and um, and, and I, I, I felt that something was calling me. And funnily enough, that record is probably my favourite record of all time. It's the record I most deeply associate with the woman I ended up marrying, the house that I live in. Mm. It's very interesting. So Isis by Bob Dylan. Fantastic. Into the hat it goes. Okay. So now, Benjamino, we are going to shuffle up the, the names in the hat. So Ben is about to pull out the first name out of the hat. It's from Josh Pike. It's the Doobie Brothers, What a Fool Believes. <laughs> yes. What a Fool Believes. <laughs> So we're going to have a listen to that song now and then come back and talk about it, analyse all the bits and pieces. I'd just like to say a special shout-out to my friend Tony Burke, who's playing keyboards on this. This song is exceptionally complex and there was no way I was going to be able to play it. So let's have a listen. He came from somewhere back in long ago Sentimental fool don't see Trying hard to be created Want her yet to be created Once in her life She musters a smile For his nostalgic tale Never coming close What he wanted to say Only to realize It never really was But she Have you got any facts that you can enlighten us about Doobie Brothers' What a Fool Believes? What a Fool Believes is a song written by Michael McDonald and Kenny Loggins, best known. Kenny the best Loggins. Kenny Loggins, that's it. So the best version, um, best known version was recorded by the Doobie Brothers. Um, the song was one of a few non-disco number one hits, which is interesting. The lyrics tell a story of a man who is reunited with an old love interests and attempts to rekindle a romantic relationship with her before discovering that one never actually really existed. So it was a foolish love 
desire more than anything. So it's this like really interesting piano progression, right? It's quite complex for a pop song. So it's like laden with harmonies. I mean, it's a doozy of a song because the chord progression is like really complex for a pop song. And but so can we, we can be inspired in by different aspects of it, right? If we start here and yeah. end up somewhere completely okay. different, then that is totally okay. Because to me, the most interesting thing about the verse is mm. that that rhythm, the rhythm, like something like that, like with the way that the way that melody, it's not a catchy melody to me, but it's like like creating some kind of little riff around that or something. Also, love. I mean, when Josh put this into the hat, the one thing that we we pointed out, which was amazing, is that these guys existed in an era where it was okay to be like bald and like middle-aged and be like a really huge rock star. Right, right, right. Yeah, because know, there was no music videos. No, yeah. but they were amazing players. I mean, I yeah. think Michael McDonald came into the band quite late. They'd already had yeah. a bit of a career. Um, and then he came in as the hit maker because he like sung on everybody's songs. And, yeah. um, and Kenny, Kenny Loggins actually released a version of the song five months earlier before oh, the Doobie Brothers um, on his 1978 album Nightwatch. At, but, but his version changed all of the pronouns gender pronouns so it was sung from the female perspective interesting cool i guess they weren't writing too many songs so (laughs) i so i think we should um what what kind of instruments do you think we need to get this song going um i mean i'll just pick up a guitar um. you you grab a guitar I'll, i'll grab a bass or something like that so the um one of the first things that occurs to me about this tune is is the kind of rhythm that's going. It's got it's got this you know even in the vocals and in the in the music it's got kind of all got this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even, what... even the you know like even the you know the the bands all like. Even obviously terrible chords. Yeah. Well, you know, so it's got this kind of feel going on. Yeah. And the the vocals um, seem to follow that groove um so it's like you know and then it's they're obviously quite complex chords we can ignore the chords yeah, but yeah, they yeah. it's very cleverly written obviously by some fairly you know ace songwriters yeah but hey ben it's yeah, you yeah, and me yeah. we are the fairly ace songwriters here today so yeah my suggestion is yeah well, let's let's come up with something that's kind of got that rhythmic aspect yeah yeah that's aspect. what i was feeling i was just feeling like there's something Something like that. That's, that's, that's kind of cool, right? That's a great groove. Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe we um, play um, sort of a, a, against the idea we are the protagonist that's the fool. Like yeah. maybe it's more like um, the songs The songs about what a fool believes what he sees, right, basically? Yeah. Like there's a sort of superficiality or something that oh, – No, it's basically you can't reason with a fool. Because the fool will ah. believe what they want to see. Yeah. They want to see the magic. They want to, as you were saying before, which yeah. was really interesting, about sometimes when in a relationship, you don't see the red flags. Yes. So it's mm. all about that. But the, also the fool, like in the tarot, is um, the innocent. So in a way, you can't reason with the innocent because they're telling the truth. You know what I mean? So maybe the song's more from that, like a celebration of foolishness. Like it's because it's so groove based. Mm-hmm. Like you want to just be able to like play it and loop it, and then like almost like um, freestyle the melody maybe a little bit away from the actually playing an instrument. Absolutely, like, you know so, what I mean. Like, so should we just get a little loop of the bass and the guitar doing this groove, yeah. and then maybe add some drums or something? Yeah, yeah, know? we can. And then there's some four on the floor. Boom, ch- Start again. Three, four. 
Great, so that's our bass and guitar loop. Let's see what it sounds like with some drums on top. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, I think my, my fear of this, my reluctance to it was that I, I can't pretend to write a song. Right. So, so like, I think that some, something got expressed in this little part of the song, which was that like, as artists, we're not performing animals. I mean, we're not like um, circus animals. Do you know what I mean? Like we, we, if we're going to open something up, it's like, I remember that story of um, Jim Carroll um, being, they used to do a poetry reading. They might still do it in St. Mark's church every day, every um, New Year's day. And all the poets would come and read it. And Jim Carroll, they invited him and he came up and he threw up on the podium of the, of the church and everyone was upset with him. And, and Patty Smith was like, you guys, this guy wrote the basketball diaries. Like he's a junkie. You invited a junkie onto the stage of your church and are angry at him for throwing up. It's like, are you taking no responsibility for what you're opening up for the can of worms you're opening up? You know what I mean? So I think for me, um, what I get in this song is this, and I like when I tap into this, um, a type of hostility. So at this point in time, would you like to uh, write some lyrics or just continue to do what we've been doing so far, which is just, we've got this groove, we've kind of come out of this rhythmic idea of what... Um, I think we should write the next section. The next section. Okay, so are you ready for a chorus? Yeah, because I don't think you need to finish... Obviously, you can't finish one section before no. another. It's all got to work together. Sure, I sure. think there's enough in this. There's a feeling, there's an attitude, there's a swagger, there's a tone. Uh, let's call it section one. Are you okay. ready to draw yeah, another yeah, yeah, name yeah. from the hat? Let's do it. Now, let's there's do something it. else I want to bring to your attention, sure, which sure. is this little purple box right here. This is the wild card box. So at any point in time in the podcast, if you feel like you don't really know what to do, you can decide to draw a card from the wild card box and that's going to like take you on a slightly different yeah I'm uh, happy to do that yeah so, so I, mean, but I feel let, like my my entire mind is a wild card I feel box, like, so like I feel <laughs> like Ben you are the wild card you are the biggest wild card we've had on the podcast so far and and I'm loving it ultimately what makes podcasts interesting because I like mm. to listen to podcasts mm. is when there is a genuine interaction not just people showing up and doing their PR or whatever so Absolutely. I I came into this and I continue in this process trying to actually be transparent about what feels good, what doesn't feel good, and see what comes out of it. It might not be, who knows if a song is going to get written. I mean, I think that you have to, um, as a creator, you know, sometimes we get what we want, sometimes we get something different, but it's interesting, right? Absolutely. You know what I mean? People are tuning in because it's interesting. It's an experiment. And I think you have to you know, be very brave to do this this stuff. Like whether you're just writing a song for yourself or you're coming into a podcast where you're being forced to write a song in a day, there is a certain amount of, you know, you've got to be brave because you're putting yourself out there and you're also going to tap into, hopefully tap into things that are real and personal yeah, for yeah, you yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, okay, let's, cool. Should we do let's, another one? Let's, okay. let's draw the second name from the hat, ladies and gentlemen. Time Warp by Rocky Horror. <laughs> That's good. How interesting. We yeah, talked yeah. about the Time yeah, Warp yeah, we before. Did, we did, we did. Uh, so this would be a good time for us to have a listen to the Time Warp yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and and just, you know, familiarise ourselves in what the Time Warp sounds like. So the chorus is basically dance instructions like 
the locomotion or any of those sorts of songs that are instructing the audience of what to do because it's a very interactive musical to start Yeah, that's in the verses, right? It's more like do this. Or is that kind of like – It's it's just a step to the left. Yeah, yeah. 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 See, I I love that in relation to uh, the song we're writing. Is this entertaining? I mean like – you know, giving some people like you know, in a kind of cynical, it's like, like robotic, said, in, like in, in a yeah. cinem- in a cynical, slightly aggressive way of like, you know, do you want me to do this? Like, yeah, 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 the, here's, yeah. here's the dance steps, and I'm and oh, I'm yeah, your, yeah. and I'm I your like dancing that. monkey. You know, I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We well, obviously can't say dance monkey. But so that's again. a that that always comes after the chorus in the song. So it's kind yeah. of like it's got like a a B part to the chorus. Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's like a bridge that repeats around. after every chorus. Kind of put your hands on your hips. Because it's character-based, yes. that's another thing with this song. Being a musical, I love musicals. Yeah. <laughs> um, it starts off with Riff Raff, then Riff Raff Magenta and Columbia, then the narrator. Yeah. So it's going to and from all yeah. different parts and then my favourite part, which is the real bridge, which is Columbia's tap dancing routine. Okay, cool. Well, let's have a listen to the time warp and on a hat jam first, Studio Cat, would you care to join me in a rendition of Let's Do the Time Warp? I'd be delighted. It's astounding. Time is fleeting. Madness takes its toll. But listen closely. Not for very much longer. I've got to keep control. But I remember doing the time war Drinking those moments where The blackness would hit me And the void would be calling Shookin' me up, he took me by surprise He had a pickup truck in those devil's eyes He stared at me and I felt a change Time and nothing never would again <laughs> Woohoo! It's astounding Thick, there's, there's like, it's all character stuff Because it's a musical, right? Yeah, 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 right? yeah, exactly But I lo- the production of this was like hot on the heels of like, you know, your Bowie and You your, know, those are like the cars or something? Yeah, there's like, a bit of that like, in there yeah. Because Rich O'Brien couldn't sing either. He, he wrote the whole entire thing. Let's do the time warp again. So the chorus is basically dance instructions like the locomotion or any of those sorts of songs that are instructing the audience of what to do because it's a very interactive musical to start Yeah, that's in the with. verses, right? It's yeah. more like do this. Do, or yeah. is that kind of like... No, it's, the, it's just a step to the left. Yeah, yeah. 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 See, I, I love that in relation to uh, the song we're writing. It, it, yeah. Is this entertaining? I mean, like, you know, giving some people like, you know, in a kind of cynical... It's like, like, like robotic. Said, it, like in, in, a yeah. cynim- in a cynical, slightly aggressive way of like, you know, do you want me to do this? Like, yeah, 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 the, here's, yeah. here's the dance steps and I'm... And oh, I'm yeah, I'm a like dancing that. monkey, you know. I like that, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. We well, obviously can't say dance monkey. But so that's again. a that that always comes after the chorus in the song. So it's kind yeah. of like it's got like a a B part to the chorus. Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's like a bridge that repeats after every chorus. Kind of put your hands on your hips. Because it's character based. Yes. That's another thing with this song being a musical. I love musicals. Yeah. <laughs> um, it starts off with riff raff, then riff raff magenta and Columbia, then the narrator. Yeah. So it's going. To and from all yeah. different parts, and then my favorite part, which is the real bridge, which is Columbia's tap dancing routine. Um, cool. Well, I I like the idea of that. The way they do, let's do the time warp again. The da, 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 yeah. That I think could merge yes. into what we've done. Yeah, like totally. we've got this thing that's got a real groove. Yeah, yeah. And if it becomes this thing with stops, yeah. Um, I don't know what it's going to say, but then I do like your idea of the dance steps after. Well, I love, I really. Almost like instructions for survival as an artist or yeah. how to sell out or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, or call yeah. Or call and response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, oh, or, yeah. or how to, yeah, how to, this is what I'm going to do to entertain you and it's yeah. it's as easy as one, two, three. This is what I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I like that. That's cynical. Let's do, okay, sure. Okay. <laughs> Let- how, let, let's get let's get some let's get some lyrical ideas for that down, and okay. uh, and then get some chords to back it up. Mm-hmm. 
That's cool. I like that as a chorus. Yeah, same. Oh, I don't cut forget my rap too, sorry. Pardon? So, sorry, start again so I can have yeah, Two, I'm, three, four. Do we want a lyric for that or just ours? No, we want lyric. Yeah, yeah. okay. Well, because it's like... I, I even like a let's do something again. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. The act of needing the audience's love and of compromising yourself. I mean, I what just, does it feel like? I feel, I, for me, it's like let's do that that dance again. But I mean, I don't know how it is for you, but every whenever I perform songs on stage, and I, I mean, it's it's possibly different for you being a solo artist, but um, being in a band, I, you know, I feel like the whinging lead singer sometimes because I'm like, no one understands what I go through emotionally. But every time I'm on stage, I like, I, I have to relive whatever experience I've written about, yeah. and I don't go as deeply as I, I did when I was drawing that that story out of myself in, in the first place. But I, but to have some emotion, gotta be real, yeah, yeah, to have some emotional connection. So I feel like there's something in that. It's just like, you know, watch, watch, here we go, you know, watching me. This one is bleed for you one more time, or it's it's. I think it's not the right word, but I think it should feel like um, like let's do the heartbreak again. Oh, that's beautiful. Something though. like that, you know. Yeah. Friends, is oh. it too? Maybe like flip them, do yeah. them one each way, like. Yeah. Let's do this that relationship with the audience where you're like they're like your best friends and your enemy at the same time you know what I mean like totally. sometimes you get on stage and you're like you know come on I'm working here for you give me some love and respect and then sometimes you feel this harmonious when everyone's pulling together in the audience together right and ultimately though I think the reason I thought of heartbreak is that ultimately the experience is you know there's um there's a quote I love from Ron Howard about directing movies and he says um Ultimately, every project, if you let it, will find a way to completely breaking your heart. <laughs> yes. And it's something about because as an artist, and there's, an, there's another story I love about a guy who um, went to learn piano from a piano master. It's like an old uh, Polish story or a Russian story. And the, he's getting better and he says to the teacher, why is the sound coming out of my fingers never as good as the sound I'm hearing in my head. And the teacher says, what, make you, what makes you think that ever changes? Ooh. And that's the heartbreak. That that's, as artists, we're reaching for something that we cannot can have. That, can that be the second time? I love that. Like, Let, let's do the heartbreak again. What makes you think this ever changes? So it's a... Fun, it doesn't sit totally no, doesn't. right. Is there yeah. a way? Um, there's, but 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 I like the sentiment of it, right? Yeah. That in a way, it's like it's like a willing servitude. Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying. Like like you're in this. It's a relationship, mm. and there's not much that can be done about it actually, mm. except seeing it through. Yeah. I think. I, I think we're supposed to be friends. Yeah, maybe something like that. Like with the audience. Yeah. Like I, I think we're. So I think we're doing this together, aren't we? Um, Let's do the heartbreak again. It's got like an all apologies thing. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. 
That's a great, beautiful suggestion, that chord. Yeah, Ending cool. on that, yeah, that nice. G is really like un- unexpected. It's, it's very, um, it's also very like 60s yeah, yeah. birds kind of thing, yeah, like yeah. something. There's only one way this can end. Oh, that's good. Um, Let's do the heartbreak again. There's only one way this could end. And then it's something like. That's a cool idea. So yeah, we start with the heartbreak line, got two lines in between, yeah, 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 and then yeah. we end with let's do the heartbreak yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. That's good. I okay. Like that. Let's do the heartbreak again. There's only one way this can end. Mm. Um I there's something about the vulnerability of talking to the audience there and saying, yeah. My friend. Like we yeah. need like yeah. as much as, as an entertainer you can resent yeah. entertaining, yeah. you need the audience. Yes. Or do we go totally hardcore? <laughs> I mean, there's always the other. There's uh, okay. Let's do the heartbreak again. There's only one way this could end. I used to think we were friends, but let's do the heartbreak again. So, my impulse, um, mm. I don't think you'll like, <laughs> but I, I think it's done. Okay. And it just ends there. It's like 40 seconds. The 40 second song. Um, because I don't um, feel excited to do anything else. <laughs> because that's sort of like, I think you've got to trust that a little bit. Like, like, there's a lot of conventions about what makes a song a song and what makes music music. Sure. And, but- why is 40 seconds of music less relevant than three minutes or four minutes? Well, or? I guess, you know, it's all, it's how long it takes for an idea to form in your brain and, and how we take that in and how we kind of process that. Like, I think when you're working, especially in collaboration, it's like, yeah. I always look for, like, when I'm in a room with people, the person who can't sit still because mm. they actually feel inspired. Like mm. everyone's got ideas. Yes. But there's someone who it's like an itch mm-hmm. that just desperately needs to get this vision across. Yes. And that's and everyone else is kind of like taking up space if they no. talk. <laughs> We're not heart surgeons. We're not here saving people's lives. Yes, people might come up to you and say, when I was going through this, I listened to that song and my and it changed my life. Like that's an important thing. And it and music affects us in this way that we can't really put our finger on or or maybe want to explain but i do feel like we are entertainers like we get up there and shake our ass on stage because part of us wants to show off and i want to be um like i said i that why i dreaded doing this (laughs) was because i knew i would have to be authentic I, i can't do it any other way yeah and i also know that it's like it's not tidy if you're authentic, you know what I mean? So I actually really love what we did there, but I also, it sounds like complete to me, but I, I would, uh, I, I, I would offer that like to the listener that removing some of the traditional thoughts of failure and success mm-hmm. are actually part of what makes expression possible for a creative person. I'm actually loving this whole process. Yeah, yeah, cool. And I think the battle over these things is what creativity is actually about. I do think that that is the key of collaboration as well, is that, you know, sometimes, you know, you'll do something in a room and it'll be, it'll feel fully formed and you put it out and you're like, I feel pretty happy with that. But I feel like there's a key point in collaboration where it's uncomfortable and someone will pull you out or disagree with you and you go, oh, mm, eh, and you, are you, I think you end up in this place that's really interesting that you never thought that you would end up. Yeah, and I think that also the um, uncomfortable nature isn't always something – like it's almost um, – it's kind of capitalist to like think you have to push through it and that there's something basically that sees an uncomfortable spot as an obstacle as, a, as opposed to an expression. I think I do personally see yeah. uh, breaking through as as an obstacle every time. I mean, you know, capitalism aside, I think uh, a large part of me is always tr- thinking of a song I've either heard yesterday or a song that I've grown up with where I'm like, 
well, that's imagine if I could write a song like that. So I'm always thinking of this final product of the craft of a song and yeah. how I can get to that place because you know part of part of what drives me is never thinking that what you've done is ever good enough and you think that you could possibly achieve something better over here. You know, just for totally. me, for me, that drive is always like I want to get to that place. You know, you get to the top of one mountain and you go, oh, but look at those mountains over there. Yeah, but sometimes it's something new is what you hear. Mm. Like sometimes what you make. If you hold it up against, um, it has to be like Don Henley or whatever, yeah. some song you love, you yeah. know, it's like in some ways that can cloud an appreciation for what actually occurred. You do realize I'm totally going to edit this into like an almost three minute song. <laughs> that's, well, that, but that's your, that, that might be um, an expression yeah. of your, like we'll, that, we'll that the, predicament, yeah. that predicament is actually very interesting that predicament of do you just say i feel like oh i feel like i've i feel like i've done what i can do creatively um it doesn't feel authentic to me to continue and you're you're left with this thing right you have then decisions to make that are going to be there'll be your inner voice which could be in conflict to mine um which is it might just be the most authentic thing for you to do is to turn this into a three-minute song. But I think, I think there's a, there's a the more interesting question is not where does it sit in the pantheon of pop music as opposed to what are we doing here? Like, to me, this is not about crafting a hit song. This is about an experience of writing. Really, this is about taking as many options away as possible. And, yeah. Well, and I'm taking more away. You are, <laughs> and I love that. Not only are you, Ben Lee, you are the wild card. I'm just going to put a new wild card into the wild card deck, which is just, just says Ben Lee. But honestly, you know what would be cool, I actually think, yeah. is if you treated everything we got mm. as found material. Okay. Like you could do something like, like what would Moby do mm-hmm. with these tracks? Yes. What would someone who likes found material do? And I wouldn't expect you necessarily to honor me with something authentic to me if it was authentic to you if you don't and you want to play the 40 seconds of music we made i mm. feel good about that too okay good but i just kind of want um i just want to be real like with the audience you know what i mean like I, that's the whole push and pull with the song for me is about how far can you bend before you innately compromise something kind of almost like spiritual to you yeah. you know what i mean and as soon as it hits that point it's the job of the artist to stop it well the whole idea of this podcast was to look at songwriting in a left to center way what happens when we put artists in a situation where they have less options and not more so now we're going to hear the song that myself and ben wrote together and like an old record discovered by dj shadow and then turned into something beautiful a butterfly, if you will. Here is Ben Lee with Let's Do the Heartbreak Again. Let's do the heartbreak again. There's only one way this can end. I used to think we were friends. Let's do Yeah. 
So, Ben Lee, thank you for joining us on a magical journey where we, you know, slightly microdose on mushrooms. It's magically unsatisfying, yeah. but I hope, you know, I hope that's that's how, part of life too. How do you feel how do you feel? You feel vaguely unsatisfied, but No, I actually feel quite good because my challenge for myself was to be open to the experience but not to do anything I'm not comfortable with. Mm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like in, in the, in, not in the way of like out of my comfort zone, in a way that like really doesn't feel like me. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I feel like in that way, given insight to the listener to songwriting, the way I do it. And so I think I feel good about that. If people want to find you on the internet, reach out to you, listen to your music, can you give us a description of where they would find you? I'm, all my socials are Benley Music. Um, they could probably figure out the spelling, I think, on their own <laughs> of that. Um, no Ks or anything in it. And if people want to reach out and send you a message on the internet. I mean, I prefer they didn't. Yeah. But if, they, if they really feel just compelled, don't. just do it through the social media. Yeah, so I only say that because... Mo- most every artist I've said, how can people contact you? They basically like through say, my manager? Yeah, yeah just don't. <laughs> just leave me be, man. Um, but anyway, ladies and gentlemen... Thank you very much, Ben Lee, Thanks, for having you into a, you. your jam room in the beautiful Laurel yeah, yeah, Canyon. Yeah. This has been Hat Jam, ladies and gentlemen. Hat Jam! Woo! Hat If you enjoy Hat Jam, then head over to our Patreon site and look for Hat Jam. If you're interested in hearing more about any of the artists on Hat Jam, then please head to our Facebook page, Instagram or website and follow the links. You can find Cav Temperley on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Cav Temperley or www.cavtemperley.com.au or follow us directly on at hatjam underscore podcast. This has been a Temperley production. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.